Texas Steampunk Connection coming to you live from various parts of Texas in our bunkers and airships and whatnot. I am Flavio as usual, and with me as always is Thax, the gentleman adventurer, and Jack from Steam Chest. And you have Master Blue Stocking. Say hello, guys. Hey! So once again, we are here to talk, oh, probably about steampunk, most likely, because that's what this is about. Thank you for listening to the Texas Steampunk Connection. Good evening, everyone. Uh, you've reached Texas Steampunk Connection again on Tuesday night, uh, and we have something special tonight. Uh, we have Genevieve with uh, T-Punk Tees joining us. Um, let's see. Blue Stocking could not make it. Uh, she's having uh, uh, migraines and just not able to oh. uh, uh, get with us. It, this happens once in a while. But uh, Jack and Dax are here, and we're ready to uh, learn all about tea tonight. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. What, how should we get started? It is uh, the first Tuesday after after the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, that has really thrown me off into a, a curve. Uh, the weather <laughs> has gotten very chilly. It's like 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 we actually have weather here. It's it's wonderful. Um, I, I like the cold weather because we get it so seldom. But uh, uh, I've already heard complaints from people who are already sick of the cold and they want it warm again. I, what? I it's, it's a good time to drink tea. It is fantastic. Mm. Uh, Rita and Lawrence have already joined us. Rita is drinking sparkling water. <laughs> um, and Jack is uh, steeping his tea. I've got I've got mine here. Um, let's uh, let's get into it. I, I guess we'll start, we'll start with what are you drinking? Obviously, it's tea night. And uh, Jack went on and on two weeks ago about the teas he brought back from Steampunk November. <laughs> oh, I got a stack of them over here, by the way. About like five pounds of tea or something. How I, start. I bought OL over a hundred dollars worth of tea, and of course, to add to my collection of tea. So, yes, do I like tea? I don't. Yeah, yes, that's a good question. It's a great answer. So, what do you? What have you got in the cup? So, I've opened the Rot Gut Assam, which ah. for those of you who were here last week, well, no, this is the one with the scotch in it. Which I'm intrigued with how you got scotch in this because it doesn't sound very wet. <laughs> So this is my first time trying it. I just opened it and steeped it, and it smells freaking glorious. So I'm going to be terrible at explaining the flavor here, but it is really good. It tastes like a wonderful dark dark tea. It's got a kind of like a, almost like a metallic ring to it. I like it. There's like a a good like citrusy background to it. Um, I'm, I'll be, I'm terrible at explaining what's... Like they taste. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's one of those uh, interesting teas. If you let it cool and you mm -hmm. try it over ice, the cooler it gets, the more you uh, can taste the scotch. Okay. Oh, I gotta get an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I got, got plenty of it. It will get. It will. It will chill itself. But it does say it has. Um, oh. <laughs> the family is home. Something the alarm bells going. So it has, uh, what is TGFOPT? Tippy Golden Flowery Orange Pico. Um, it's a descriptor for the Assam. That's it. They use it in India uh, to describe the nature and how night, how good the Assam is. Basically, the the more letters you have, the better it is. Okay, so it's a it's a rating system with it. Yes. Okay, and then it also says it has orange peel, ginger, and scotch. Yes. So that's what the the orange peel. Yeah, okay. I, I do taste the ginger. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. It's very delicious. Thank you so much for making Oh, thank you. I liked making that one. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I am drinking uh, Lady Magpie's Curious Tea. Oh, excellent. Which is also a, a, an Assam, a TGFOP. And uh, I am not a tea drinker, as Jack is. And uh, I, I it, all teas kind of taste alike to me. I'm not really... I don't get the subtlety that I should mm -hmm. be looking for. <laughs> the subtlety. Um, I mean, it smells nice. There's nothing. Uh, I I just don't. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, and I'm hoping to learn a lot more tonight. Uh, what I've been using tea for is I've I've uh, I've talked about it on the show. Uh, I'll take a uh, an Earl Grey mm -hmm. and steep it straight into uh, two fingers of whiskey uh, for uh, for a minute. And then I and and uh, it really adds to the whiskey. Get that uh, bergamot flavor it into that whiskey, and it's it's really nice. Uh, but that's not really tea drinking. That's it's some sort of 
Uh, it, it's still tea. It's still tea. <laughs> yeah, it's still tea. <laughs> using tea leaves, it's tea. Uh, this okay. one has scotch in it already, so yeah. you're not too far off. Okay. Um, it may have <laughs> scotch in it, but I'm just like straight up drinking scotch with tea with in it. tea in it. It's tea. <laughs> um, well-flavored scotch at that point. Yeah. Or well-flavored tea. <laughs> so you already have uh, a brewery guide Brewing Guide to Tea on your website at uh, tpunkties.com. Yes. So I've been sort of looking over that. Um, but uh, where, where should we start? Uh, I guess we probably should start with why she is the person we're talking to. What are your credentials that go into this? What have you done? Where, where was the beginning of your, your adventure and journey to making tea, essentially, and work forward from there? Uh, well, I suppose it started with my mother's mother, who... Uh, who's English, and she came over uh, just after World War II. And so she loved tea, and my mother loved tea, and then she, we all just loved tea. And then I decided at one point I loved tea and didn't love working for other people. So uh, a little over 10 years ago, I decided to start my own tea company. Oh, nice. Yes, and we've been doing it for, as I said, just over 10 years. We've got a uh, number of teas that we blend ourselves, we're always coming out with new ones, trying new teas, having a really good time with it. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. Um, what are some of your insights into different types of tea and their unique characteristics that you have found on your journey here? Mm, insights into different kinds of tea. Maybe we're skipping ahead. <laughs> that's that's a big question. Um, <laughs> let, let's start simple because I'm sure you get this kind of question uh, constantly because... Texas and America are coffee drinkers, as am I. How do you suggest, what do you tell a person who is straight coffee drinker to, to get them interested in tea or to uh, familiarize them with uh, the, the very basics? Uh, how do you sell them on, on switching to tea? Well, um, we're very sneaky about it. We have a tea-coffee hybrid that we generally start with. Uh, it's our dark side of the spoon. I have that one around here somewhere. And it's got, yes, it's got a couple of different kinds of black tea. It's got uh, chocolate creme brulee coffee beans and ground up coffee cherry. And it's, it is dark and rich and a little bit sweet. So it's like coffee, but transitioning into tea. Uh, if they want something less coffee-like, then we go with like a nice traditional black tea, like our Scottish breakfast, uh, the, the Scottish tea mm -hmm. or something like that. I know if you brew this one tough, uh, if you brew this one thick enough, and you put some whipped cream on top of it, it's like the, it's like a very nice hot chocolate. Thank you. Yes. I, <laughs> I also miss the ones with lemon in it. By the way, lemon <sighs> is fantastic. <laughs> the lemon chocolate. Oh, I'm, I might bring that back. We're talking about bringing that back for like uh, limited time during Halloween, sort of thing. I might do that next year. Bonus, because I will purchase it. I, I will let you know. Promise. Thank you. Yes. So you mentioned black tea. Yes. Uh, I'm also familiar with green tea and red tea from the Chinese restaurant. Are those, the, are those coming from the same places or do they have different origins? Okay. Well, usually, um, first of all, when people talk about red tea here in the United States, they're generally talking about a Ruibos, mm -hmm. which is not tea. Okay. It's a very nice herbal. It's a bush that grows in South Africa and they grind it up and brew it like you would a tea, but it's not tea. All actual tea comes from the Camellia sinensis plant, and it's how it's um, processed is what makes the difference between your white, green, yellow, oolong, black, and then your pu'ers. Oh, lots of now we're getting into it. Yes. <laughs> okay, Talk so they're all the same plants, but the uh, the the method of, uh, of turning them into uh, tea is different, and yes. so you get different uh, uh, characteristics, I suppose. Yes. Um, the, the major thing that determines it is how oxidized they are. Um, as soon as you pluck a plant, pluck a plant um, it becomes, starts to become oxidized. So a white tea, they take it, immediately heat it up, and stop that process. So that's the lightest of the teas. Uh. A green tea will be up to like 30% oxidized. And then between 30 and 99% are your oolongs. So there's, there's a huge variety of oolongs. 100% or your black teas, and then a tea that has been, they've stopped the oxidization, and then they'll, they used to, traditionally, it was doing a, a wet wrap. Now they can do it with chemicals, 
they will let it sit as a wet wrap for six months to five years and become fermented. And those are your pu'ers. And in China, they're referred to as dark teas. They're darker than black. Wow. They're, they're okay. very earthy and rich. Okay. So when you say oxidized, that you're really, really talking about them being in contact with air or yes. oxygen and yes. the chemical reactions that have that, that happens. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Then, uh, so you've got these diversity of, of tea processes yes. and then you've, you add things uh, to the tea, you, you as, as the practitioner of the, the teas, <laughs> yes. um, the, like this one uh, I'm, I'm having, it's got uh, pear and ginger and, um, Vanilla X. So you've you've added other things to bring out um, certain features of the tea, <clears throat> and uh, then it's a matter of of uh, me buying it and brewing it, which is to say, taking what a teaspoon's worth of tea in uh, in a cup. And generally speaking, in, in a, it's actually why it's called a teaspoon. One oh. teaspoon <laughs> for every eight to ten ounces of water, or if you want to get really picky, three to five grams. Wow, I never actually considered that that was the the, the actual measurement of teaspoon. Yep. I yeah. just thought it was the thing you stirred the tea with. <laughs> yeah, after you put the tea in and you stir it up. Now. This is going to be really fun. But that makes sense because we used to tea bags. And if I think about it, a tea bag is about the same size as a teaspoon. But a teaspoon, you use it to squeeze your tea bag. It's about the same size. Don't don't squeeze your tea bag. I'm sorry, it was Lipton. That was the way I grew oh. up. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. I have okay, obviously no. moved up in the world when it comes to yes. tea. I have to start somewhere. <laughs> These are the things I need to know. You do not squeeze the the, the fluid out of the tea bag. Uh, no, no, that that's... releases um, more of the tannins that's in the tea, and that'll make your tea uh, more bitter. So if you Which like bitter tea, go for it. It's not so- what. <laughs> Look, I know nothing, but I've always. <laughs> squeezed my tea bag and I just assumed tea was bitter. Well, it, it is. <laughs> uh, originally in China, it was actually referred to as the bitter herb. Um, but you don't have to make it as bitter as you probably are. You don't have oh. to brick yourself okay. with it. Yeah. That's why we're here. I know nothing. We're <laughs> so much. Proper tea. I'm a complete tea boob. Oh, no. okay. so you don't, don't squeeze the living bejesus out of your, your, your brood uh, leaves. Good, good, mm-hmm. uh, good to know. And then there's uh, a <laughs> brewing at different temperatures. Yes. Like your, your, uh, your white and yellows. I'm looking at your website. You, you start with cooler water. I mean, cooler, <clears throat> not as uh, boiling hot as the, the, uh, the black teas and such. Yes. And also you uh, steep them for less time. And that makes yeah. a big difference. It, it really does. And if I'm uh, solution- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Especially with the 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 temperature of the water, if your water is too hot, like with your white or green or, or yellow teas, you can scorch the leaves and then they can taste burnt or like old band-aids kind of it's it's you could do better. <laughs> okay. All right. And if I'm if I'm to take any English person as uh, uh, knowledgeable, microwaving my water is right out. Don't do that, please don't do that. Please, <laughs> that that very confuses me. I, I thought hot water was was just hot water. <laughs> Does it really? I mean, is that English voodoo uh, that <laughs> microwave up is bad, or is it is is there some logic behind that? It it uh, first of all, you're not going to get your water hot enough. That's going to be a big problem. It's also going to mess okay. with the oxidization because once again. When you brew tea, ideally, you'll start with cold water. Cold water will have more oxygen in it, and that actually um, helps enhance the flavor of the tea. Also, with your microwaving, if you know like how microwaves work, the way that the, um, like she's saying, the heating element, you don't get it hot consistently through the water. Yeah. Um, because there are points in the microwave where there is um, hot spots. Essentially, a sine wave is what's in your microwave. And where anywhere where the sine wave hits the ground like that is where it's touching your item with the with the waves going through your microwave. So that's where you have hot spots and cold spots is where the sine wave is actually going through objects. Um, and with water, I can ma- imagine that. But you think stirring it or something, but then therefore you're, you're boiling spots in your water. So when you actually stir it, your consistent water is not the same temperature like you would if you brought it to a boil. Yeah. All right. 
right? At least I can see this. I can see the science in that. Yep. It's fake. It's fake boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Faux boiling your water. Faux boiling. Yes. Don't do that. Make up a new terms tonight. I like that. Oh. Okay. So I've boiled my water in a in a kettle and not yes. in the microwave. Um, <laughs> I steep my tea for the predetermined amount of time that uh, is required, mm-hmm. um, and and not for too not not for longer than that, or it'll go bitter. Um, it can, but if right? you like that, go for it. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm not, I'm not uh, <laughs> shaming anyone who likes to do things differently than what I'm trying to learn here. Um, then uh, people add lemon, um, milk, honey. When are the when is it appropriate to add things to your tea? Should I always add things to my tea or, or that's, that's really a personal preference. It depends on how you like your tea, but never add milk and lemon to the same cup. Yes. (laughs) That's straight out. Straight out. It's improper. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I can suggest that if you have a tea that uh, has fruity flavors in it, a little bit of some type of sweetener will enhance those flavors. So whether it's honey or sugar or whatever you like, it, you'll taste this, the fruity flavors a bit better. Just a little bit of sweetener. That makes sense. a lot if you like it. Okay. All yeah. right. See, I told you I was going to ask all the dumb questions. No, Wait, not a dumb question. Proper tea, proper tea way, you know, ways of doing things. Yeah. Oh, oh you yeah. list whiskey as an additive to the tea. Sure. See? Behind that. See? Yeah, and some teas like our our winter smoke, very oh, nice. That Is one works. Nice very that's well. yes. <laughs> that's what I've been infusing into my whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. You also mentioned uh, back back to heating the fish eyes method of uh, heating. What, yes. What is that about? Uh, that's if you have a container where you can see uh, the water boiling. Okay. You'll have like when it's just beginning to boil, you've got like little beady bubbles, little beady fish eyes, and at okay. that point you're you're ready for like your green teas or whatnot. And then when you get the bigger bubbles, when it's really boiling, then you 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 just use that for the, your darker teas. So pay attention to oh. the size of the bubbles. Little okay. fish, big fish. Gotcha. It, that basically is determining the, the relative temperature of the water. Yes. Yeah? Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's see. Where can we go from here? This shot. So, what um, do you kind of like specialize in a particular type of tea? I know you. No, have I like. Of- I like all teas. Um, I generally prefer the black teas, and when I'm blending teas, I like a nice classic black, like the Assam mm-hmm. that actually you're you're both drinking right now. It's one of my favorites. It's a good one. It's got a lot of like. It's a whole flavor. Yeah, and it's really good for blending with other things. Mm-hmm. It's a good base. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Speaking of base, I'll admit that I'm also one that really likes like flowery teas. So I learned really quickly with lavender to not overboil your water before, <laughs> um, because it does taste horribly bitter and is completely like you, you might as well have just crushed the flower under your boot, then try licking it off the cement. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I did grab I did grab the tropical the tropical Assam, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying that one. I have yet to do so but it's got the hibiscus in it with the dragon fruit essence. And uh, that just sounds utterly delightful. But I wonder, where did you get dragon fruit essence? Or how do you get that? That seems kind of a, a special a specialty. Actually, we have we have a supplier in Florida that makes it for us. Oh, really? Okay. So there are places to actually get the essence of dragon yep. fruit without having to grind it yourself. Ooh, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even know how you do that. Since dragon fruit, when you actually start getting into it, it's like a cucumber. You're like, I don't understand right? the item of how, how this looks like one of those. This looks like it should have been on an episode of Farscape or some other sci-fi movie or TV show when you cut it open. How does this exist? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it tastes really good. Ooh, okay. It's so I just I just let, let them do their voodoo down in Florida and, and okay. take advantage of it. Yeah. So with that said... What gave you the idea of blending that into a tea? <laughs> that's um, that's actually a tea that we made for a gaming company uh, out in California. And they're like, well, we want a tea that's pink. <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, so they wanted a black tea, black tea with hibiscus, makes it kind of reddish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
what would go well with that? What would be fun? What's kind of something I haven't used before? And I was like, I really like dragon fruit. Let's try that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like that's it. how we get a lot of our teas. I haven't tried that before. Let's try that. That's, that's how I end up with so many teas. Like, oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that, like my mom's, she's got like two major areas for kitchen that are devoted to just teas of all types. And then when <laughs> Excellent. I went to China, I brought her back some as well. And now I give out these to a lot of the Christmas presents and whatnot to my nieces. She really likes the, the chocolate ones. So ah. I'm, yeah, I may have to part with one of my chocolate. It'll be, it'll be a, it's worth it, but man, it's hard. I understand. <laughs> You're worth it, Rachel. <laughs> uh, one of our patrons, Lawrence says, I find that heating and steeping your teas in different materials, ceramic versus aluminum versus iron changes the flavor of the NT flavor. Hmm. It, yeah, that is is that uh, is that a okay. thing? That that is a thing. Yes, um, because you're going to tea picks up other flavors very easily. Um, so it's going to depend where yeah where you blend, brew it, steep it is going to affect the flavor. That's why I don't like using or drinking out of metal cups for my tea because it gives that kind of metallic tang to it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I like the ceramic, porcelain, things like that. Glass. Glass, absolutely. Glass is always good. See, now I know you're supposed to use, if you want to have like a sweeter, tinnier rum, you drink it out of a copper glass. So that I went after hearing about, that would make sense for teas and whatnot. Absolutely. For, uh, picking up other hmm. flavors. <coughs> but uh, interesting. Okay. So in your mind, what is the perfect teapot and tea glass or cup of tea or Teacup. There we are. That's the word. The perfect teacup? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Usually the one that's in front of me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. As for my perfect teapot, um, the Brits developed something called the Brown Betty. And it's nice rounded teapot that is it's actually perfect because when you put your tea leaves in, they have lots of room to expand and swirl around and brew. And you get a very nice cup from there. Okay, so yeah, it's it's spherical with a little a little thing on top. Oh, the yeah. classic teapot, essentially. It is it's, the classical, yes. It's what's her name from um, Beauty and the Beast? Oh, I can't. Think yes, of it's it's Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts is Mrs. yeah, Potts. exactly. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have already admitted many times I know nothing about tea, uh, I did find something interesting. I, I recently uh, got certified as a thermographer, which means I uh, take pictures of of hot things that I, 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 uh, use a thermal camera, I get a thermal That's camera to awesome. get a, a visual idea of, of how heat is, is, uh, treated through different materials. And I learned the bizarre thing that a, a, uh, a kettle that you, the thing you boil water in, not that you see steep tea in, but mm -hmm. if it is, it, if it is uh shiny and chromy, it, the, it will hold heat longer than if it is, uh, Dull, or if it is painted, uh, because the the high polished chrome does not send out uh, uh, thermal uh, waves, oh. thermal energy. It doesn't work room. like a heat sink because you don't have ridges in the uh, the device. I assume uh, they didn't really go into why, but different okay. materials uh, have different uh, um, levels of of putting out heat. I mean it's. It's all still the same temperature, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it doesn't send out thermal Don't energy. Read. It doesn't send out infrared infrared waves. That uh, makes sense. Because when I open up laptops, they have these things mm -hmm. called heat pipes in them now to help move heat from the processor to like the fan on the side through a heat. And then they have, a uh, you know, your classic heat sink with veins on it with a fan blowing across it. It's got these big copper pipes in there and they're always shinier. And they're also hollow because they have a liquid that actually like expands in there, moving help move the heat around. But okay, it's interesting how I can put my hand over the heat sink and it's hot, but I can put my hand over the heat pipe and it isn't hot unless I touch it. So right. maybe they're like the you said, they're hot, to do, but it doesn't interesting. Huh. It doesn't be really interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, we learned something else. Yay! Oh, that's great. <laughs> One of my teachers told me, told me uh, his his grandmother, or, I guess, had this. Uh, uh, tea kettle that she was very proud of and then their son went in and painted it or scuffed it up and, and basically ruined it 
<laughs> she was super mad, and then he explained why. Um, so I thought that was that was really interesting. And uh, because I've got this thermal imaging camera, I can visually see uh, how metal versus uh, other materials act different. Um, uh, the uh, the chromy metal does not radiate heat, but it reflects it. So I can see like my my reflection of my face in mm -hmm. that metal. No matter with, if that metal is hot or cold, it's not radiating its own heat, but it's bouncing it back from Reflective. from me. Um, so it's just weird. It's just a. It's like peeking into a strange other world that you never get to see, but we live in it. Thermal uh, dynamics. Anyway. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and now I realize I need a new uh, cat because mine is is very very not chromy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my camp one. It's made out of like tin. It's like stamped tin. It looks like one of those from like World War II. But it, you know, it was used to make coffee in the middle of nowhere. So you know, I put it in the fire. <coughs> so um, when you're blending these kind of teas, I'm assuming you have mm -hmm. some sort of like I'm not gonna say mathematical equation, but like you know, if you want to make something taste like something, you need all right this much of this, this much of this, and like you, I'm assuming you have some sort of like uh, process of knowing a good balance before you throw in other items and having a good idea of what you're going to come out with. That is or... an interesting assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming not that. Let's just boil it and see what happens. Huh? A, a lot of it is. I mean, we, we'll, uh, we'll say, okay, we want, you know, A, B, and C in it. And then we'll put A, B, and C in, and we'll see how it turns out. Because sometimes different things, like if I'm putting, say, lavender into a tea, you want to be very careful with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but then other things you need a lot more of. So we kind of make our best guess. Say, I just want a hint of ginger. Um, and then we try it. And then we're like, well, that was a bad idea. Let's try it again. So there, there's a lot, of, a lot of trial and error is what it comes down to. But yeah, I guess after a while, you get this basic idea of that I know I'll need, say, X amount of orange peel for this, this particular kind of tea and then, you know, some of this, which takes some of the trial and error out of it, but it's still, there's, there's a lot of tweaking, like just, mm -hmm. just a hair more of this or hair less of this, which means I get to drink a lot of tea. So it's good with me. I'm imagining <laughs> you basically have like this wall of little containers and you're sitting there every time you want to go make tea, you just go and take little tiny scoops of like all the different ones. And then you're like, you sit there and do that whole like, Nah, you try to start over. <laughs> it does sound a lot like like secret alchemy, and it, uh, it is. It is. <laughs> there are talents to making tea, and one person might have a great cup, and another might have one you'd rather not have. I I don't know that it, it sounds very complicated and very subtle. I I guess it is. It's also a lot of fun, uh, though. I have, as I will admit, I have made cups of tea that I'll take a sip, and turn around, and pour it down the sink. And then we never speak of that again. It goes in the black book of, of failure that we never right. go back to. Yes. Oh. Lawrence asks, uh, what uh, tea fiber bags do you think is best for steeping? And I'm guessing he's meaning like a, like a tea bag or a, a container you, you steep in. Like, um, uh, what I just used was this piece of glass that holds the, uh, the tea in it. But yeah, I mean, oh. there's all sorts of uh, ways of steeping. Uh, so yeah, he's he's wondering what's what's recommended. Um, well, you want to stay away from let's say it's a uh, fire bag. You want to stay away from anything that has plastic in it. You don't want that in your tea. Uh, you want to make sure they're pretty good size because I've seen some that are little and they advertise they're for one cup, but they're too small. You want something that's a good size because the leaves need room to expand. That's where you're going to get your really love lovely flavor from. Uh, I can't remember exactly what brand I have right now but they have a little drawstring. They're good size. They're disposable, um, but they are fiber. Never any plastic or anything like that. Do Unfortunately. Different, hmm? different kinds of fibers matter. Um, I mean, I guess we're getting very, very into the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. uh, most of them, are they just, they just say fiber. Um, hmm. You know, I would have to look that up just as long as it's something you enjoy and it's uh relatively large it seems like it oh my gosh that's much too large for one cup of tea trust me it's not not if it's a good tea 
Yeah, I've noticed the the ones uh, I've gotten from you. Uh, they they increase by a hundred percent. Yes, as they're as they're steeping, so it does need to expand yeah, and blossom. I guess. Well, <laughs> speaking of blossoming, there are pellets you can get that you put in your your larger glass, um, not kettle, but your pot, and you can actually watch. They have it folded so that the whole like flower blooms out of it. Oh yes, I love those. Those those production teas are fantastic. I brought a couple yes. of those pellets home from uh, China. And they look like owl pellets at first. You're not expecting them to be anything cool. <laughs> they just look like this brown, like it, you know, until you like inspect it, you can't tell it's actually woven tea leaves together. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there um, is a. Awesome. <laughs> it turns out to look pretty. I swear, mom. <laughs> I think that was an owl pellet. I, I don't know. That one has a skeleton in it. Yeah, don't drink that one. <laughs> well, some of them, like, you can find the ones that are single flower that blossom. But there is actual an, an art mm -hmm. to weaving tea leaves together so they'll blossom into a flower. It's, it's really amazing. I can't imagine the patience that takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know we were hitting different fiber bags for flavor. And we talked about um, ceramics versus metals versus glass now for, mm -hmm. for drinking things. Now we're going to get into the other one. One that it's a lot harder to control, but different water. Because I know I've had a lot of British people yell about, well, you don't want to drink tea from this place because their water's bad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't understand. I'm from West Texas. All water is like heavy minerals. <laughs> All water is bad. All water um, will kill you eventually. Stone you to death in the shower. <laughs> well, uh, traditionally, uh, they, they, uh, the Chinese say that water that is closest to where the tea is grown is best for that tea. Obviously. Mm -hmm. That's not an option for us. So you don't want tap water because it is, it's, it's lot, lots of minerals and whatnot in it. Oops. And you don't want water that's been purified okay. because that has too much taken out of it and your tea is going to taste flat. Okay. So you don't want water that's been distilled essentially. Right. Now, uh, water that's been filtered is mm -hmm. generally okay. Personally, I prefer spring water. I think it's a little more interesting, okay. but yeah, don't, don't use your tap water. That's not. That's not going to give you a good cup, by and large. It's like, why does it look all milky? Up so many ways yeah, right. in this one cup. <laughs> West Texas tea. Why is it milky? Just, just drink it. It's fine. Just, just drink it and pray. It'll be good. Ice in it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, another thing. I've always had tea from the tap water, and then we got to change the leaves in. Yeah, microwave in the water. Some of that. Oh Lava. dear. Filtered oh, water rock from Fuji or something. <laughs> Squeezed out of the best of the ocean sponges. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so you said um, things that are not made from the, the tea plant are not tea. Right. So that's talking about all the, the herbal teas on the market and what uh, in the Caribbean they call bush tea. Is they wander off into the backyard, pick some plants, uh, steep them in water, <laughs> and that's... It's not tea. That's it's not tea. Okay. No. no. Just it can be lovely, but it's not tea. doesn't mean it's tea. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, uh, there's got to be a word for, I guess, you're making a potion at that point. They're uh, infusions or tinctures. Mm. Yeah. But they're not tea. I'm assuming chai. But you can then take those things and put them in with your tea. And, and that's still tea. tea. So chai is tea. Okay. Because it, you, you use tea as a base. Okay. Okay. So yeah. With the tea. And add things. Okay. Also, yeah, the word chai means tea. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you go out to order it, just say chai. Don't say chai tea. Because then you're saying tea tea, and that always makes me giggle a little. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I like to say it because I know it'll annoy the person on the other side. And they know <laughs> that I know that. And so it's just, it's meta at that point. And then I get <laughs> something else in my tea. Okay, I can respect that. Yeah. 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 Is, <sighs> is, is chai a... a uh, Chinese origin and the word tea, uh, uh, what Indian? Um, the saying is it's chai if by land, tea if by sea, as in how it's moved. How it mm -hmm. like in Britain, they had to use the ocean to they, they sailed it there, so it was tea. And in India, well, actually, India has its own tea. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about chai, generally, it's specifically, um, usually a black tea, but it's a mix of particular. Indian spices in that tea. 
So when we say chai, it's it's much much more specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, from what the internet says here when it comes to Hindu and everything. I don't want to like step on anybody here. It says that chai and cha. Chai is the Hindi word for tea, and cha or the right pronunciation oh. might be terrible because it doesn't actually give any pronunciations; just let you know English letters. Yeah. Uh, that, and cha is the Chinese word for tea. So mm-hmm. whether it's tea, tea, or tea, or cha, or chai, it's all derived from a similar base word. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's all tea. Yeah, it's all tea. Oh. Ah. I wasted. Oh no! I will have to shun him. Well, at least you didn't do all the sins that I am guilty of. Uh, yeah, but see. you won't anymore. I have faith in you. No. Uh, oh, you, thank you. You now learned. Now we can shame you. you yes, now if it happens care. again, we will shame you. Yeah, you, you were ignorant before. Now, <laughs> now we got to hold you to a higher standard. Oh, definitely. I was ignorant. Now I will be a dumbass. Got it. <laughs> now your Let's ignorance see, is, 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 is um, um, ah, your own choice. <laughs> Rita wants to know what about iced tea. Iced tea is is tea unless it's not made from tea. Um, the same tea that you use to make your hot tea, you can use to make iced tea. Mm-hmm. Except for the ones because we have teas with chocolate in them. Don't those do not make good iced teas? I've tried; it was not successful. It but by and large, if you can make it hot, you can make it iced. Okay. And there are a couple different ways to do that depending on what you like and how much time you have for it. So with that said, I know that certain mega companies make this stuff called um, tea that you can use for cold, like a cold brew tea. Mm-hmm. How does, is that basically, are they just basically putting like instant tea, like pre-made tea that's been dried out and like, you know, turned into sand and then, you know, where it instantly dissolves in water again, once you put water on it, no matter the temperature, or is there um, a certain specific type of tea that does that at, at room temperature water? No, actually, all tea, all tea will is all tea can be done cold brew. Actually, I prefer to use a cold brew. Um, I'll take a a pitcher, put mm-hmm. in the appropriate amount of tea, put in my spring water, put it in the refrigerator overnight, uh, and then uh, take out the tea and drink it because uh, that gives you a much smoother, less bitter flavor with your iced tea. Because okay. if you do with a, uh, you can also do hot brew it, in which case you use twice as much tea as you would for a cup and then you pour it over ice but okay. you'll get a it'll, it'll be a little more bitter i like the slower cold brew method which is, yeah, so it's not mm. just the heat does not release the flavor then it or it releases it quicker essentially yes. is what you're saying all right yes. so i'm gonna start cold brewing more tea no absolutely yeah the colder the water the longer it will it will take to brew but it's it's really quite nice i like it and you don't get the bitterness. I, I'm comparing that to like a cold brew coffee, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't have the acidity that you get with uh, with hot coffee. And sometimes I've got friends who complain that they can't drink coffee anymore because it it's uh, the it gives them an acid stomach. And I say, hey, try cold brew. Um, so that's interesting. That will change some of the the, the features of the tea. Yes. So, hmm. Very interesting. Okay. And we do have some teas, uh, like the rot gut, mm-hmm. that as it gets cooler, the, the flavors change. Um, I'm, I'm tasting that. Yeah. <laughs> also, our existential despair. It's a, it's a puer with honey, brandy, and plum. And as that one cools, you get more of the plum flavor coming out. It's, it's quite nice. I need to get me some existential despair. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic name. Thank you. Yeah, with the different temperatures that you're going to get different flavors coming to the front, aren't you? Yes. Uh, which we've seen in, in beers, like yeah. ice cold beer versus a moving toward room temperature beer. You get different flavors, uh, which is what we usually talk about. Uh, and if it's too strong, you make it as cold as possible and it's easier to drink. Is that how that works? Um, uh, it works on some of them. <laughs> I, know I haven't had one really, but I know that like, this, if uh, I've had, Oh, the one we had last time, um, the one we both had the same beer, the uh, the Devil's uh, Backbone. Devil's Backbone. That one, it's stronger, a lot stronger, <laughs> the warmer <laughs> it gets. Oh, oh dear, really? So, yeah, I noticed it was. It had a lot more, um, like a lot more flavor came out near the end when it was when not as cold. So right, yeah, yeah. As it as it's a little warmer, you're able to uh, 
taste more more of the flavors of the beer. That's why um, a lot of the big mega beer makers advertise that you know their beer was as cold as it could be before freezing. It's because it's bad beer. And it being so cold, you don't notice. So you're telling me Coors is like our beer is so bad that you have to see the mountains on it on 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 our on our wonderful little stripe that changes color when we tell you it's cold enough to drink. That makes sense. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense now. Yes, suddenly we're on to you, Coors. Breaking it here, tinfoil hat time. <laughs> oh. Lauren says sun tea is awesome. I, I made sun tea once or mm. my wife did. Um, and that's not, that's not really a cold brew. Cause that, at least here, that, that sun <laughs> heated up that water to, uh, put to, it on a hundred degrees to mint. Yeah. It's, uh, that's yes. Not, uh, yeah. sun tea. I grew up with sun tea and it can be very tasty. I can't recommend it because there is a point with the temperature and all that you can grow bacteria. No. It, so you have to be careful with it. Um, yeah, well, I grew I up drinking it. It was like good. Two to three hours, and after that, you want to gerate it. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know when you hit eight, you're like, "Oops, I forgot it." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's that was. I've only had like sun tea that I've made twice, and it's because. But I made it a lot trying to trying to capture it. But I always I put it out there, and then ADHD kicks in. <laughs> I'm off doing something else for six hours, going, "Oh wait, I had tea outside." Yeah, well, the bees enjoyed it. Oh well, that's something at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep keep the bees happy. That's important. I want to. I want to find. Okay, so my friend's making made honey, and he um, feeds them a certain way with what he's growing around the 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 the, the bees. Now I'm sitting here going, mm -hmm. I wonder if you could make a whole bunch of tea and just consistently have fresh tea for them every day, and how your uh, your honey might taste afterwards. Hmm. Yeah. There's an experiment worth doing. Honey tea. Yeah. Feed them or provide them tea for drinking. Yes. Essentially, yeah. instead of fresh water, you make you, you, you'd have tea for them. Uh, <laughs> much like you'd do like a hummingbird feeder or something so that you could have them. <laughs> I know. I want to give them that idea. You're like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing next year? <laughs> See, my thought is the squirrels would you. find out. Then my squirrels would all be hyped up on tea all day. Oh, we don't want that. <laughs> jittery, jittery squirrels. <laughs> Can't make sun uh, tea then either, huh? No. <laughs> now oh. we've mentioned that T-Punk Teas uh, has been at Steampunk November. Uh, yes. Pretty much every year since I've seen, I I've been there. Uh, do you do other shows that people should look for you? Oh, well, we are, uh, yeah, we do shows fairly regularly where uh, we just Steampunk November. Um we're in Columbus in June at Origins. Our next show is Anime Frontier uh, in Dallas. Okay. Uh, we do. Let's see. Now I can't remember. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I understand. Right? We do Anime Frontier. my calendar. <laughs> right? Let me see. Um, we occasionally do Wild Wild West Con. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're hoping, knock on wood, to do uh, Scarborough Fair this next year. Mm -hmm. Yes, Scarby. that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, we and of course we put it on our social media, but we do we do shows pretty much throughout the year. Okay, we just gotta, gotta hunt you down, find you. And you're based in ominous. the Dallas area, is that? <laughs> uh, actually, we're a little bit south and west of Dallas. We're in Granbury. Okay, so it's a little town. It's the okay. let's see, it's been officially named the Texas Celebration Capital. Ooh. Yes. And there's because we have a, and we have a <laughs> we have a, a historic square mm -hmm. there and actually they're filming uh, a christmas movie um in the next couple of days there so they're always i also having... live in a town where they film movies every yeah. now and then um if you ever watched uh, the last of us uh, the tv show about the basically the, the zombie apocalypse from another perspective well <laughs> it's filmed in my town and they really? did it like yeah um there's an airplane crash in the first episode and it, the, the wings break off of the plane as it like crashes down main street. Well, those wings go into one of the buildings. I used, uh, <laughs> it used to be a, uh, a state, well, it is a state farm, but they, you couldn't tell it was a state farm there. Cause they clear, they covered the, the image or the, the, the sign, but I'm like, wait a minute. That looks, that looks really familiar. <laughs> that's really familiar. Oh my, that's uncanny. I then realized, Oh wait, that, that is Elgin. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> they blew up the downtown. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, so Genevieve lives in a town where they film Hallmark yeah. Christmas movies, and Jack lives in a town where they film zombie movies. <laughs> yep. Well, that, that says a, a lot, doesn't it? Occasionally, <laughs> the Budweiser horses are downtown, so they're apparently oh. a Budweiser commercial every now and then. Hey, that's pretty cool. That was pretty cool seeing the Clydesdales just march down. They did it once. They close off a city, they close off downtown. I heard clock, 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 look out the window. Freaking Clydesdales. Those are so freaking that's huge. Great. And then they are. The police cars, you know, they, they loaded them up. Police cars gone. Everything gone. The 15 minutes, you couldn't even tell they were there. Wow. We're, we're efficient here, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Low profile. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, this has been fun. Yeah, now, it is. I'm going to ask you, are mm -hmm. there any questions we have not asked that we should have asked? Anything Probably you both. think we need to know? Probably. Um, okay. We are. Um, I, I noticed Lawrence is asking if we're going to be at Steampunk Galveston. We have applied, so hopefully we'll be there next year. Okay. Um, okay. Also, I don't know how many of you know about tea dueling. Oh, I wanted to ask you about that. How do you feel okay. about holding a soggy cookie over your tea? I think tea dueling is a lot of good, silly fun. <laughs> and we thought it was such good fun that we've actually developed a card game for tea dueling that will be coming out next June. Oh, I want a deck because this is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be, it's uh, biscuits and battles or battles and biscuits. And we're just, we're finishing up all the artwork and everything and it'll be ready June. Yeah, it should be, it'll be ready by June. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, very nice. So my claim to yes. fame when it comes to tea, or to, to tea dueling is I got to duel Admiral Akbar's voice actor. And uh, it's cool. I know, right? <laughs> it was a trap. He's very British, and he comes in, and he's like, "So I saw on on the uh, on on the notes here that there's this thing called tea dueling. Please explain it to me." And we're like, "Your seats right up here on the on the stage, sir." <laughs> right? Be next in line. So I'm like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, you won't know me by my name, but you may know me by it's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap. You've lost." <laughs> But yeah, he's very British, and it was very fun. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think it was over your tea. It was done with um, oh, his name I cannot remember it right off the top of my head. But yeah, this was at um at um um convention there in Dallas. It was Infinicon or the other one that's put on by the same person, but it has two different or same group, but it has two different names depending on the time frame it was doing it before. But um, it was it was really fun. It was I haven't had a better tea dueling a moment since then, and uh, that would be great. Oh yeah, but now I have a. We'll have a deck of cards we can run around with and have a more structured play. I have to yes. start. I have to get me a tea holster now and <laughs> duel down the middle of town somewhere. <laughs> well, we have we have considered that at some conventions that won't. They they're like, well, we don't want tea dueling. That's a silly thing. So we'll just have like like back alley tea dueling. Just run around a convention center, setting up little tea dueling booths here and there. I would so do that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Fit my character so well. <laughs> Love this. I, I am yours if you need a if you need volunteer people. I, I will definitely keep that in mind. I feel like there should be little signs around about how tea dueling is illegal and outlawed <laughs> at this convention, so everyone knows you're breaking the rules. That's right. Breaking the yeah. law. Breaking the law. I like that. We might have Great. to do that. Fully for it. <laughs> and I should say, the most important thing, now that we are getting days away from December, Christmas shopping is happening, mm -hmm. uh, buy tea for your friends and family, uh, because they'll always need more tea. Um, Teapunkteas.com <laughs> is the name of the website you can order from. A lot of these, all of these, almost all of these I'm seeing, it says only a few left. So yeah, are you... Well, supplies are you, uh, I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> Are you changing your your uh, portfolio of teas as these sell out, uh, or will we have to wait for uh, more to come in? Uh, well, I am packaging teas as fast as I can. I'm just having a really hard time uh, keeping up with the demand because I'm the only one that's actually blending and packaging the teas. So I'm doing my best. If there's, <laughs> there's people like me going, gotta catch them all. <laughs> if there's if there's something that we're out of. Um, just drop me a line on the website. I'll do my best to make it up for you. Awesome. Yes. Always happy to help. That, that's, Thank you. We love it. You. Service. That's amazing. Okay. 
thank you very much. Um, we do want to thank you for joining us tonight and uh, answering all of my stupid, stupid questions. Not stupid questions. Tease and how to yeah, ruin right. them. Um, it, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, is there anything else uh, that uh, you, you'd like to add that, that we haven't hit on yet? Wow. I don't, I don't think so. Um, thanks for having me, guys. It's It's been a great time. And I will, yeah, thank you. Oh, I've had a really good time. time. Yeah, Anytime. you guys are great. Well, let me uh, tell everyone Next about my, uh, our patrons <laughs> and uh, supporters. Uh, Texas Steampunk Connection is supported in part by J.R. Seeger's The School for the Great Game, in which Edwardian teen Elizabeth Bancroft is sent to a finishing school in India, which is, in fact, the British India School for Spies which teaches the family business of espionage and martial arts and the Tibetan mystic arts. School for the Great Game is the first in the Steampunk Garage series available on Amazon. We're also supported by Fair Treasures. Uh, if you listen to our show, you've seen or heard Kitty on. Uh, she at Fair Treasures has a selection of Texas-made female-presenting costumes and accessories for steampunk and Renaissance wear, one-of-a-kind imported jewelry. You can shop Fair Treasures at fairtreasures.com fair with an e or on etsy she's just finished uh trf last weekend so i'm sure she's exhausted but she can get back into uh, online orders if you were ready to uh place an order for christmas uh we also have a number of patrons on patreon we'd love to have you support us there and uh we can thank you personally on our show we want to thank our patrons jenny and ryan shaver who have uh been helping us and our certified aeronaut natalie mctavish uh and a generous grant from the crew of the airship aberfeldy rita and lawrence allen um and that that wraps us up i'm going to hand us off to uh our uh, founder flavio to take us out jack is there anything else you'd like to throw in um mind your gauges absolutely your mind steam your, gauges. your kettles and all that fun stuff don't overboil um, your water we will be back in two weeks. Uh, at that point, it'll be a uh, last minute shopping before Christmas and we'll have our uh, yearly Christmas shopping recommendations for you. Uh, until then, uh, mind your gauges. Mind your gauges. So once again, thank you for listening. You can find us again on uh, Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection for any comments, questions, suggestions. If you know of something happening Steampunk that's happening soon, we can put it on our calendar on our patreon um as well as the the list of over 100 comics and graphic novels uh steampunk and weird west related you can also email us at texas steampunk connection at gmail.com and we're uh, a streaming podcast texas steampunk connection.podbean.com and if you lose it on facebook and you want to watch a remake a rerun of this show at any point in time on youtube you can go find them on steam chest <laughs> and although we've made many many jokes about twitter you can look for us at TX Steam, Steam Connect Net. One. Oh. Twitter. I never use it. I never look at it. I don't know. I don't understand Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. Once again, thank you very much. And until next time, mind your mind gauges. Mind your gauges. <laughs>